This week is our special 200th episode, which was live streamed on Friday, May 13th on the Ian Publishing Twitch channel along with other outlets. If you missed the stream and want to see what everything looks like before your editor Daryl here gets his hands on it, the archives are available at enliverpg.com. In the news, D&D Beyond removes two books, Edge Studio releases a trailer for a new edition of Midnight, Star Wars books are getting a much needed reprint, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world, and a brand new sketch about the power of cursed words. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. All the tabletop roleplay news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. This is a very, 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 very special episode because this is our two hundredth episode we've been doing this at least peter and i have for nearly four years now which is really long time (laughs) (laughs) yep yep it has the time's flown by but here we are on our 200th episode i am morris aka russ or, or russ aka morris and with me this week is Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Delighted, has ever, to be here. And also, I see that we have with us, it's the one, it's the only, it's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. Uh, but it's not just the three of us this week. We have someone else, very exciting here. Longtime friend of the show, occasional co-host, and person with a glorious moustache. We have... Yes. Shane, Shane Plays Stacks of Shane Plays Geek Talk and my miniature Yeti, Cotton. I have to hype somebody. I want somebody to hype. I want to hype director of marketing Django (laughs) and director of quality control Hudson. Russ has Hudson quality controlled anything recently. I I believe Hudson actually heard that because he just came over when you said, Oh, good old Hudson. Hello, Hudson. I'm sure at some point he'll jump up to say hello. So we are live. I'm sure the edited version will probably be pretty, but we're on uh, Twitch right now. So welcome. To my world, I did live radio for five years, the terrifying yet delicious and fun world of live. So it will not go as planned, which I'm hoping for. Yeah, we, we don't want it to go as planned. <laughs> it's more fun when it's chaotic and unpredictable. Right. Yes, just like our lives. Yeah. So how are we? Are we all are we all excited? Are we all glad to be here? Nervous, excited? How are we feeling? I'm just I'm darn excited. Yeah, I, I, I've literally just said, I'm delighted to be here. Right, anyway, 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 let's move on with the show. Let us do some RPG news, shall we? This yeah. is a oh, news show. Role-playing so, game news. Or role-playing game, game, role game, game news. And we're going to start with some D&D news. Okay, uh, yes. Really no. There can't be, no. Uh, on D&D Beyond, mm-hmm. in about a week, I think, on the 17th, yes. which I think is next week, you mm. will no longer be able to buy a Follow's Guide to Monsters or mm. Mordenkainer's Tome of Foes. They're going to be retired permanently as books. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Now, there's no kind of word on whether that's going to apply to the hardcovers in shops, whether, you know, shops are going to set out of those and that's going to be the last we'll see of those. What about if they're in your house? Uh, If they're in your house, the uh, Wizards of the Coast Stormtroopers will be around to confiscate them at some point. 
Oh, fair enough. Then. As long as they actually sent some form of troopers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is because Monsters of the Multiverse comes out next week. Or is it the yes. week after? Sometime soon, anyway. The 17th of May it's coming out. Right, it's I in cinemas now. No, sorry, that's Doctor Strange. I think you'll ignore me. I have Ooh, a slight yes. bit of breaking news that oh, I, breaking. I encountered. Uh, yes. I, I've been trying to use their character builder for a day or two, and mm, it yes. keeps saying broken. So oh. uh, the quick character builder is working, and there's another character builder that's working, but the standard character builder, it shows a picture of a beholder and says API broken or something like So I, perhaps that has something to do with because I got an email uh, mm. saying that there was going to be some downtime in about a week to move things over, right? I guess oh, to move the server. Oh, it's yeah. the 17th officially I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. It's next week, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if anybody else is running into that, but I tried it for multiple browsers, and uh, mm. I can't because I normally DM. I'm I'm a year round DM, uh, but we're taking a break in between campaigns. We just finished Tomb of Annihilation, and one of my players is going to pay do like a four or five week adventure. So I'm like, I'll play, and I haven't been able to make my character yet because I'm spoiled and won't do it on paper. <laughs> yeah, but you could just, just do it the old fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same, Shane. I think it's so much easier on Jimmy yeah. Beyond because it just oh. clicks me through, and it's like you have these choices to make: click a drop yeah. down. You can't mess this up, and I'm like, excellent. Yeah, mm, um, right. So. I, well, I, I, I've just yeah. tried it now, and it does appear to be working. Oh, so, let me check. Yeah. More breaking news. But let going back it. to talking about the two books that have been taken off. They are mm. if you if you have them on D and D Beyond, they will stay there. So a wizard won't come oh. to your house or your D and D Beyond account and Honest, take them. They won't. But it's just because it's being replaced uh, by the monsters of the multiverse, uh, which is it's mm. got the same content they say, in, but it's been more streamlined and updated. Yeah, so, I think I've seen online because I I'm not super familiar with those books, and I haven't seen Monsters of the Multiverse either. But from what I'm hearing, there is some talk online about how a lot of the law is not transferring over so that's kind of getting lost maybe unless you actually have a hard copy of the book i don't know i think you can still get them now so if you really wanted to make sure it wasn't lost to time mm. you could grab a copy but i don't imagine they'll do another print run of it if they've got this new version which I'm has the same similar content i guess but we'll yeah, find out i guess hey, we'll find out we have more news okay yes more news. we have if you imagine like lord of the rings but Sauron wins. And then you okay. basically have a world, that world, after Sauron has won that big war. That sounds much like the midnight setting from Fergus. That sounds exactly like the midnight setting. So you could say, is that, is that I, right? I like it, right? Oh, okay. the, I, oh, sorry. You could. You could say that. Oh, 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 oh. oh, 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 oh yeah, we'll, ha we'll have to give you a big white hand. <laughs> yes, give Shane a big white hand for that one. This sounds anyway. familiar. Has this been around for a while? This sounds yeah. familiar. So it's been around since like yes. 2002 or 2003 or something. So yeah. I remember when it came out as a third D&D third edition setting by mm. Fantasy Flight Games. Mm. And I think there's been iterations since. I know there was actually a movie. Mm. Like, I don't, what was I, that? Like, 10 years ago? I, I can't remember when. Was but, um, there was a movie. A straight to DVD movie, I think. But um, oh, okay. and there's been a couple of editions of the setting. So this this is by Edge Studios, which has taken over all of the role playing um, stuff that Fantasy Flight Games used to do, including the Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so Edge Studios is bringing out um, a new version of it. It's like a big hardcover, nearly 400 page book, and it's for fifth edition. 
unsurprisingly, I guess, but uh, it's a fifth edition powered Lord of the Rings if Sauron won kind of campaign. It's a, it's a very interesting premise. I mean, obviously it's dark, but it's almost like the fantasy version of cyberpunk in a way. And what I mean by mm. that is true cyberpunk is like the corporations have already won. I mean, it's yeah. a dark, yeah, and you're yeah. just, you're just trying to do your best in a grim situation. So I think that actually sounds really interesting. I think I, you know, mm. I think it'd be fun to play in that. It, it also kind of reminds me one of the Lord of the Rings games, keep me mm. honest, mm -hmm. didn't have alignment. It had how into shadow have you gone? So it didn't have oh, yeah. like yeah. lawful, you know, so it's like eventually, you know, if it's possible for you to just go dark. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, that sounds very interesting. So so yeah. basically the, the lead is we have Midnight now. Is that the name of the, the game? Midnight, yeah. For 5e, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. Midnight sounds Legacy fun. of Darkness. It's the mm. full title. There's a, there's a trailer and everything which you can Sweet. watch. It's yeah. linked on EN World. So if you have mm. a look on the full article there that we're chatting about, actually, I'll put that in the chat. So this is, yeah, this is, uh, so if you prefer to read and ignore us, there's the link right there. <laughs> which many yeah. do. And Daryl, many, chime, many do. Legit. <laughs> he often does. Daryl's just a fount of knowledge in the True. Chatty's Gamers Tavern show, but he says the film was called Midnight Chronicles, released in 2009. Jess, would you like to talk about the Star Wars RPG? Boy, boy, would I. I could uh, tell you would. I could see yeah. from that expression on your face. That was the I want to talk about Star Wars expression. It, it was. You know me so well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Edge Studios um, are doing reprints of the Star Wars license. So previously, Fantasy Flight Games did the Star Wars RPGs, and they are kind of reprinting them. And they've said they're going to be, they're not editing or changing them, so they're still going to be compatible. So if you have other Fantasy Flight Games titles in this setting or this collection, you can buy these other ones and it's completely compatible. Um, so therefore, the Edge of Empire core rulebooks, uh, the Force and Destiny core rulebook, and then 14 other titles that mm -hmm. I spent a good 10 minutes trying to say all the names of when I was recording this week in Tabletop RPG. <laughs> Would you like to see me attempt to do that oh, one yes. more time? Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, we I like nothing. <laughs> can we call yes, it Twitter RPG? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's Twitter TRPG as well. Okay, Hold on, I just have a clarifying an honest, honest to goodness news related clarifying question. Yes. I, I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. So, mm -hmm. Fantasy Flight Games still has the Star Wars license, right? Or am I somehow no, no, that went over that to Edge Studios. Edge Studios is kind of like a sister company. How am I out? On, I'm pretty. Uh, how am I out on that? I can't believe. Do you, I didn't do you know, know why you're behind on that, Shane? Because you're not keeping up with this week in tabletop RPG that streams every Friday. <laughs> At the end, publishing RPG on a multi. I'll, I'll take platforms. one for the team. Don't be a dullard. Listen to Twit RPG. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. RPG. I will use that in all my promotions. Um, but yeah, so it is. So it is with Edge Studios. But they've said they haven't changed anything. They're just doing a reprint of the line at the moment. So mm. you don't have to worry about any compatibility issues if you still have those books. Uh, but the reprint is, as I said, is for do the core books, the Edge of Empire. Force and Destiny, and also all these books here, which I don't know all the pronunciations, so it'll be wrong in the internet. That makes it even better. Me. I know. Uh, so, Lords of Nalhutta, No Disintegrations, Special Modifications, Force and Destiny, Chronicles of Gatekeepers, Nexus of Power, Ghosts of Dathomir, Savage Spirits, Knights of Fate, Dawn of Rebellion, Rise of the Separatists, Collapse of the Republic, Starships, and Speeders. I think that deserves a round which of applause. Will, that 
that will lead to the collapse of Jess after having to read all that in, in one, <laughs> one breath. Uh, so people are putting in the chat, including Daryl and others, that uh, XPL Jiro, I'm probably saying that wrong. I remember this now because FFG kind of got all, rid of all the RPG stuff. And now yeah. they're just, so I just didn't extrapolate. I literally that said that five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I just, I have to be the person, right? I'm sorry. I just didn't extrapolate it in my brain. Yeah. So, so as I said, both of those companies are owned by Asmodee, so really nothing will be different. But the logos right. on your books might be different. In yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's trade dress. Yeah, um, they're sister companies. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, but are they sisters that get along or are they sisters we, that are jealous of each other? That's what Well, supportive sisters, I just like yeah. Hey, you um, all went out this week. What we released this week. Yes, I do. Would you like to tell everyone though? Right. Oh, I have a okay. question. Can we keep oh, it? Okay. What's your question? Can we keep it? Oh, pets for your 5e game. Oh, no, that's not what I was talking about. But the Kickstarter campaign right, pets, oh. can we keep it? Did close on Tuesday, yes, and all the PDFs are out to backers. Yes. Uh, it was our best supported ever Kickstarter, which was great. Yeah, nice. um, but the soft covers aren't out yet. We've sent out your surveys because we can't send your soft covers till you know we know where everybody lives. It's the issue. No. Um, I so still say we should have gone with the random addresses. I know, mm. I know. I know but yeah, what? I asked I asked yeah. Russ and he said no. But um so we're asking everyone for their addresses. They have until the twenty second to get them to us, and then yeah. all the funds will have cleared and then we'll send you the books for pets. Can we keep them? But that is not the only thing that EM Publishing has been doing because ah. Russ has also been busy. And uh this is the thing as well that you won't even have to give us any money for. So what? Russ, if you can steal oh, the no, attention that's, away that's, from was, a cat. That is something else entirely as well. But all right, let's do that. So I was talking uh, about I, I, I was talking about Gate Pass Gazette number three. Yeah. Oh I yes. Was, <laughs> all right. Let's. Yes. Sorry. What's that so, last week? Yes. yes. Amazing. Yes. Let's yeah, talk week. about those things. The Spider Folk Heritage. No. Anyone is, not who free. has wanted to play a four-armed spider-based character, yeah, in for a treat. I was just thinking about that last night. Sure. Who wouldn't be? Well, I guess they must all have a degree of precognition. It it also brings up the uh, the oh. age old question of why doesn't Spider Man shoot webs out of his butt? But let's move on and and, and get. I've to never the, asked that uh, question. Uh, I mean, you that you know question. why they've got precognition because they've been forewarned, and forewarned is forearm. Oh. oh no! Please leave, Peter. I expect better of you. <laughs> my um, my res my respect for you just increased. <laughs> and mine decreased. So net the same across the, the whole the whole live yeah, in the chat, tell us whether your respect for Peter is gone. Hey, hey, Peter, what, what do you what do you call a cow with no legs? I know I do. Ground beef. Oh. Oh. Anyway, all right. Anyway, I'm stop. gonna I'm gonna stop this. People are determined not to let me get this news item out. Sorry, please talk about <laughs> right. I've even put a banner down up there for you, so if people want to check it out. Number three. It's yeah. amazing how we get a podcast out every week and it doesn't sound like this. He works Gate Pass every week, number 200 episodes. Gate Pass. <laughs> so it has Bows of the Web, which is the spider folk I was just talking about. It also has an action about uh, action, an article about cursed items. It has um, an article about 
Paths of Courtly Intrigue, which is uh, adventurers who like to use uh, political power and negotiations and making deals and backstabbing, that kind of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, a location called Mount Gino or Gyro, mm. Gino, I'm not sure which, uh, which comes with magical monstrosities and exploration challenges and hazards and opportunities and monster variants. There we go. I got it out. I got the news article out. I've seen some of the artwork for Gate Pass Gazette, and it's really good because I hang out occasionally in Ian publishing of related discords, and Mm. it's really good. So, Mm. yes. Also, so if you're interested in that, I've put the link in the chat to the Patreon account. Uh, It's it's a monthly magazine, so if you sign up to that, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, But also, the other game that we did this week as well. Do you want to talk about Life Path a bit, Russ? If you say no right now, it'll be awkward. (laughs) Do you want to talk about that? No. Okay. So, Life Path RPG is a free tabletop Mm. RPG that I made this week. Well, I sort of started it a couple of weeks ago, but um, this week it got like a website and a character builder and a website and a character builder is what it got. Um, So the entire game is like one page on the website. It's a rules light. So if you don't know what a life path RPG is, it's one where you choose different elements or character in sequential order. And each of those things adds to, say, your stats or gives you abilities. So Traveller is a really, really famous example of a life path mm-hmm. RPG um, where you choose sequential careers and each one adds mm-hmm. to your stats. And stuff. So this is a very simple one-page life path RPG at lifepathrpg.com. Oh, it's come up on the screen there. That is so professional. Um, I am. Thank you. Super <laughs> um, uh, Yeah. I'll just go to lifepathrpg.com and have a look at it. It's much easier. It's great. And it's a free role-playing game. Why would anyone do it like that? And there's a character builder on there, which I made all by myself. If you don't like it, we'll give you a full refund. So Yes. I have to ask the the obligatory question about Hmm. multiple career um, character creation. Uh, Since since you brought up Traveler, can Hmm. you become either maimed or killed during character creation? Okay. cannot. Sadly, you're really trying now, are you? Yeah. The other thing about this is there's two versions of it. So it's got a page for each version. There's a fantasy version and there's a sci-fi version. But since okay. they're the exact same game, you can pretty much use them together. So and how many games you made? You did simply six. Now you've done Life Path RPG. You did yeah. Awfully Cheerful Engine. I yeah. mean, I, I, you just... Yeah, well, I'm, I'm talking so, about like every now and then Russell will just be like, yeah, I got bored for like an hour yesterday. Here's an RPG that's completely <laughs> that, that is what That's what happened with Life yeah. Path. Russell was yeah. just on the Discord. I was like, I just made a game. And I was like, yeah. cool, okay. Like basically yeah. you can track Russ's creativity by the amount of time Jess has been working with the company. Russ's creativity peaks. Jess leaves. <laughs> Jess is <laughs> back. <laughs> It's almost it's like when you have a business manager to hire the boring business stuff, you have more time to do creative things in the business. It's almost like that was the plan. Wild. So <laughs> wild. What, what a lucky coincidence that that turned out to be for you. <laughs> Indeed it is. Um, I wouldn't credit we... myself with that much forethought, but... Okay. No, I, I wouldn't either. Um, shall we go back to talking about... <laughs> shall we go back to talking about... About the news. Because uh, okay. I have some other news as well. Okay. About, um, uh, is anyone here a fan of Fallout? Yes. The Me game. too. Uh, well, in general, 
the the role yeah it's like the radioactive one Yes, so you're in, yeah, so by the one that was by Bethesda Games, because there is a Fallout role playing game. Um, And uh, yeah, the, uh, as one of the trailers was, war, war never changes. changes. That's Daryl. That was much better. That is Daryl. Yes. So um, yeah, but anyway, I like Fallout as well. I've not played the role playing game yet, but it is now on Roll20. So if you enjoy using Roll20 and a lot of your games are online, that'll make it so, so much easier. So they launched it. It'll be launched. Is it launched? Is it launched now? Sorry, it was launched this week, uh, and you can get the core bundle with rules, art pack, and there's got loads of goodies in. So it's got um, seventy eight stat blocks already in there. 800, 800 items, ninety four perks, six different origins, and all these different things already on there on roll twenty. And they've included a module which is with a bang or a whimper, intriguing, and that's already set up on roll twenty for you to use. So everything's set up there, ready to go. Um, and it's on the site now for fifty dollars, so you can go in and grab that. So is this? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Isn't it more dice for us that does the Fallout? Is it a two D twenty or yeah, 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 it's, okay. yeah. it's by Modiphius, so it's their two D twenty system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, as we know, Modiphius cool. makes every game. Yeah, every game ever made, every yeah, game we, that ever will be made by Modiphius. They are the only publisher. Fallout's <laughs> a great Fallout's a great setting. Uh, I haven't played the tabletop RPG, but. I, one of the things that appealed to me about the first two Fallout games, which were isometric, and then I think they were Interplay, and then mm-hmm. Bethesda took them to first-person shooters but kept a lot of that Fallout DNA, was they like invented a role-playing game. They were going to use GURPS, and mm-hmm. then Steve Jackson objected. I think it might have even been over that War mm-hmm. Never Changes kind of shooting somebody in the head thing. Mm-hmm. So they created their own special system RPG to power the video game, and so it's interesting to see that's come full circle around to a tabletop RPG based on a video game that they had to create mm. a tabletop RPG game in-house in order to do the rules for the video game. So mm. has anyone in chat played the Fallout RPG? I'd like to know okay. if it's fun. I well, someone here has said Fallout uses D20 and it's great. And you can also have a fake Captain Kirk punch a hole in a giant robot. Well, what more do you want in a game? Come yeah. On. I think they might put that on in the reviews section for the RPG now. So, Peter, don't you have a bit of news to share? Do I have news to share? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I have had a little thing that I've been working on. More these Kickstarter things. A Kickstarter? I know, I know. Who who would have thought that someone who worked on this show would have any interest in doing a Kickstarter? And yet here we are. Perish. Perish that thought. I, I know. I didn't right? know you liked role-playing games. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I the, the clues are there. But they are. Suspect. I thought you. I always thought you were a hostile guest or a hostile co-host. So you like? <laughs> oh, I, I, absolutely. I'm here. Peter, representing... Peter is both. <laughs> In my ongoing quest to turn D and D into Lego, so that people can play with it and have lots of fun, I and a couple of the level up designers have written a book about Legos. Like, not about Lagos because that's a nice place in Nigeria, but more about. Um, how to craft your own personalized feats, which is kind of fun. So basically, if you can count to eight, you can make your own personalized feat. And what it consists of is it has about 30 regular feats and another 13, 14 uh, more esoteric, like the transformational or synergy feats. Transformational Mm -hmm. is what we're calling the things like, if you get bitten by a vampire, you turn into a vampire eventually. But we've gone with like things like the aberrant, and uh, if you get stung by a calcoy, a mind wasp, what happens there? So what happens if you just that, a wasp? 
like a regular wasp? Have you got a feature for that? I, I haven't written a feat chain for that, but if you were to buy my book, then you would be able to write your own feat chain for it because you would understand the way in which you would get that. It's something I always felt was missing from D&D. Well, Russ, now, I mean, obviously you did did do your own actual book full of it, but maybe for reasons of space, you didn't feel that the uh, wasp stung feat would be as universally applicable and I'm, I am shocked and saddened that you felt that way. But don't worry. You can break free of the constraints. Do it now. The constraints of taste and decency and make your own wasp stung feet. And yeah, that, that's what Easter Cross it is. There is a lot of tables of a lot of costs at feet uh, or traits that you can use to put together mm-hmm. to make a feat. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's just there to make homebrewing and hacking your game easier. So you can make so that's it. that's on Kickstarter now. It is on Kickstarter now. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a month. Is that right? It finishes on the 9th of June. We've had a couple okay. of days out already. All right, moving on with the news. Who well, would like to talk about a charity bundle thanks, Lee. for uh, American <laughs> Reproductive Justice? Yes, that's amazing. We should get on that. Go on then. Do you get want to talk about it, Peter? Talk away. Well, um, engage talk mode. Because you did send it to me earlier well, Peter, week, and you were like, we should talk about this on the show. And I was like, uh, we shall, Peter, and I'll send it to Daryl as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, essentially, as some of you may or may not know, in America, there has been essentially a decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, which means that the reproductive autonomy control over one's own body has been taken away from millions of women and other people with uteruses. And that's kind of not okay uh in fact that's very not okay so a lot of gamers have gotten together and put together an absolutely huge package something like i think 250 games at five dollars i wanted to be part of it but apparently i'm not a verified publisher yet so yeah i'll verify Um, you who do i need to text um (laughs) drive through rpg um make it make concern Peter Coffey is a publisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's like, I, I, I have a book published. What more do you want? But yeah, I can't be in the bundle and so forth, which was a bit of a bummer. I don't yeah. know what that means. Verified publisher, I guess it's a... P- possibly something that is less relevant Maybe to people with 30, 40 books that? on drive through RPG as opposed to one. <laughs> 30 or 40? I've got 800. So what is okay. the actual like? Yeah. I understand okay. they're like, hey, it's a it's the charity for this, but what is the actual charity, or where are the funds going? So the bundle uh, we're talking about is RPGs for reproductive justice. Uh, all the proceeds are being donated to the National Network for Abortion Funds. So that's a NNAF. So you can check out their website and details to have a look and see if that's something you would like to support via mm-hmm. this bundle. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a, another place you can check for bundles and charity bundles and freebies and great deals and stuff, which ooh. is a brand new column which yeah. Daryl started mm-hmm. on the end like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, quite recently anyway. Mm-hmm. I should probably know, but it was, it was about three weeks ago. Um, and each week on a Sunday, Daryl lists all the sort of notable bundles, charity bundles, freebies, um, from all over the place, not just try through RPG, so all over the place. And if you want mm-hmm. a good deal and you want to support a charity at the same time, that is yeah. like a great place to do that. Okay. There's a D&D documentary. 
Would you like to talk about that? <laughs> Would I? Not really, but I will. So, okay. I mean, I can if you'd prefer not to. I was fine. I've got it in front of me now. So okay. there's oh. a film studio called XTR, which is a catchy name if ever I heard one. Um, oh. They have announced... I can't talk with EN Publishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the name of this podcast. Just, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a wild name. It's, uh, yeah, I know, right? But you know what it does. You know what it is. Let, let you, I, who, in your grass house, put the stones down and tell us more <laughs> about this uh, documentary. So it's called Role Players. Yes. And they say it's going to be the definitive documentary on D&D. It's going to have never-seen-before footage. It's going to have interviews with celebrity fans. It's going to be directed by Morgan John Fox. That's all I know. That's it. That's it. That's everything I know. They don't have a release date yet. But is nah. the is the is the is the name of the documentary the essential relationship between bad jokes and RPG gamers? Yes, Shane, it is. See, it's about yeah. time. That's right. Really um, Jess, do we have any non D D news? For RPG news, we do have slightly related. So, Asmodee yes. have announced a new studio, which is called Access Plus, and so their goal mm-hmm. is to adapt their popular games um, for increased accessibility. So, they started with um, kind of their board game range, which is Double Cortex and, and Timeline. Um, but the reason we're putting it in here is because Asmodee also own, as a parent company, lots of other games and titles. So, maybe that. Um, we'll filter down into other games and take some RPGs. Um, but the idea is they're trying to create versions of games so they can be used in therapy for players with cognitive disabilities. And they're doing lots of other different accessibility things like making cards larger and easier to read, uh, different difficulty options, and a single-player versions of games so it can promote some autonomy as well. Um, so lots of things like that. And it's called um, Access Plus. Um, so that they, they announced that week. And it's going to be going out globally in 2023. Right. But um, you'll see it in, it looks like a lot of French-speaking countries in 2022. So it's in mm-hmm. France, Belgium, and Canada. Um, but I imagine that's like the French versions of the games. Right. Makes sense. I think and that is the news for this week. Yeah. Unless anyone in the comment it was would a like slow to jump week, in. Well, well I did have a question. Weeks. Since it came up with Peter, mm-hmm. and I forgot to ask it earlier. With your Kickstarter, Peter, yes. uh, on the feats, is it a point-buy system to build a feat? How does this work? It is point by system. Okay, to buy cool. Sounds feet. pretty neat. It will Sounds also work with the crafting heritages and cultures. And I was like, well, started looking at it. It was like, nah, because I was like, I really wanted a lot more content for my first book. But there you go. Mm. It, oh, and we've got uh, some. somebody has news in the chat. Tobias T. Cat, Die the RPG has kickstarted. Uh, mm. Die, D I E, is, if this is the same thing I'm thinking of, is Karen Gillen who is a comic mm-hmm. writer and other stuff. Yes, There's yes, actually yes. a die comic book. It's yes. a really interesting way of approaching RPGs. Very yes. smooth, very subtle in ways. Every character class gets its own dice. So like if you're mm-hmm. a warrior, you might get a D10. If you're the fool, you might get a D4 or mm-hmm. a D6. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has some really cool, like emotional nights that yeah. will, uh, They'll steal your joy to get power to fight. So everything has a cost. It's it's yeah. it's very very. I recommend the comic book series as well. Yeah, so you know, Shane from Brook Run and Deckard. Oh, yeah, sorry, I was about to say that. that sounds like such an interesting RPG. We really should have an hour long uh, podcast slash live stream that discusses that exact on Squid game. RPG uh, on yeah. not D and D. 
Uh, so we're actually invited them as guests on Not D and D. So they will be coming later this month in is, May. Is, if you would like K- to hear a full hour of it, absolutely. Is that Karen Gillan? Is he coming? I'm confirming who from the team is coming okay. at the moment, but they are booked to come on, yeah. and I will release it's, 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 it's super. It's like super modern. So good. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and someone said the Blade Runner RPG. Uh, they're also coming on Not D and D as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you go on to enliverpg.com, you can check out the dates on there. Those two dates haven't been confirmed yet because we're just confirming them up, but we'll put them on the. Are site you gonna the before they come on the show for the Blade Runner? Are you gonna make them do the I am not a robot? No, I'm too applicants? scared. No, I'm too scared to. I don't want. You're to not gonna give them the to comp. <laughs> Uh, and someone's asked about uh, if it'll be a live stream and yes not D&D is a live stream we do every Monday on the platform you're watching uh, and that is at 10pm BST um, so two hours later than this is every Monday Uh, but you can also catch up on the podcast I mean I love D&D but I think it's wonderful that you're having a not D&D show uh, because there are so many other amazing systems out there that that need that exposure so anyway I think that's great that you guys are doing that but you, you, you folks not you guys. We mentioned Blade no. Runner a minute ago. Yes. Yeah. So Blade Runner is the latest tabletop RPG Kickstarter to hit the official $1 million club. Yeah. It's still running, mm-hmm. so we don't know what it's going to end up on, but it mm-hmm. has passed. Also, just recently, we had yes. two more. We knew about three more. I think we mentioned three mortals last week because that closed at just over $2 million from Matt Colville. Mm-hmm. That's a whole trip to change. Yeah. Matt Colville can sneeze into a tissue and (laughs) for a million dollars these days. So, Monty Cook Games' old gods of Appalachia. Is it Appalachia? How do you actually say Appalachia, I think. Is that right? Actually, you've got to say Appalachia. Appalachia, Appalachia. Appalachia. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the old gods of Appalachia role playing game for Monty Cook Games, that ended, I think it was this week, or it might have been last week. I think it was this week. Uh, on just over two million as well. Good for so them. That's a two that have entered the million dollar club just in the last week or two. Hmm. Well, three if you count Blade Runner. And, and I, Pete, reckon, yeah, I Peters will be the fourth. And Peters will be the fourth. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I think... I'm not feeling as optimistic as maybe I could be. I got to say, you got to believe, mean, Peter. I, you okay, know, I'm okay. I'm biased because you know I was blessed and fortunate to be part of the development team. Thank you again, Morris, um, Ross. I say it pretty often. Uh, but I, I basically think Level Up was a million-dollar kick. It was so close. I mean, I, I really, you know, depending on the exchange rate at the time, it could have been a million-dollar Yeah, it's enough the exchange rate fluctuates. With the pre-orders um, and everything that did on back account, it is a million dollars. Without extra pledges, it is a million dollars. Yeah. yeah. See? See? It just doesn't say it on the Kickstarter page to look cool, so we don't get that bragging right. I think more people will be playing Advanced 5th Edition in three years' time than some of the Kickstarters that made a million dollars. It's a good system. It really is, and I'm not just saying that because I was affiliated with it. Hey, I I tried my best to give it a very good kicking before putting it out into the savage world of D&D, and I think it did pretty well. Now, Savage Worlds is already coming. And also, it it was a literal kicking. Peter was there with the books. Big yeah. pair of boots. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's what we had to do in before we appointed Hudson has quality control man. Oh, yeah, uh, true. I wouldn't go chew on the books because quite frankly, <laughs> I have weedy, weedy rubbish teeth. So there we go. 
It's time to play our favorite game. It's time to play the game. Our favorite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. But it is time to play our favorite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess where what it is from just the name. So it says three of you. We'll just do one each. Otherwise, it will go on forever. And I just, just so everyone knows in advance, I'm going to balderdash it, which means I'm going to make up something I know is wrong, but that I think is interesting. It's a choice. That is a fun other way to play the game. Mm. Yep. So who would like to go first? I have a cat trying to break in. Well, not Shane, because Shane needs to... Yeah, I'm taking care of Eli. Aid in a better cat. Yeah, I'll go first. Yes, because I'm on the top of this stream. Okay. Absolutely. So, and Russ, yeah, and Russ, but are you sure you wouldn't like to play? I am sure. So, food, tomato, oh, oh, tomato, tomato. Well, we're getting boos on that in the chat. Oh. Yeah, there's an actual boo here. Oh, wow. I'm the only one that knows. Yes, that they're saying Shane should GM, GM this one. Well, 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 I did the flip the tables. Anyway. I did flip the tables on him. But then you'd have to show. remember, Russ, what they actually I've were. I've literally got them if in you, front of me right But if you shut that window. Anyway. Jess, are you ready? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, what is the eye of everywhere? The eye of everywhere? Mm. That sounds a bit Lord of the Ringsy to me, because, you know, a giant eye looking around. So, the eye of everywhere, I'm going to say, is not an official Lord of the Rings product, but it's um, of that genre, uh, and it's using... Power, it's powered by the apocalypse because I've decided it should be. Um, and yeah, so it's it's about that. You're on an adventure in Middle Earth setting, but you're not part of the main crew. So you're people trying to kind of survive in this place. Hmm. Sounds like a good RPG, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, I think that game exists. That's called The One Ring. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not I'm not saying apocalypse. This is it's, this is no, the legally not... distinct Lord of the Rings. Okay, if you're talking about <laughs> this game, I know yeah, it's not no. this one, and this isn't powered yeah. by the apocalypse. Look at this stack of books I just have in my desk. That's yeah. just, just yeah, there. Just that's yeah. that I mean that that makes my heart warm oh, to have books stacked around. Yeah, yeah, this is Buster. He loves oh. getting on my shoulder. Ah, he's a big Very baby. Very cute. So so in response to Russ refusing to play, somebody said Russ is saying, let them eat dice. Thank you, Marie Antoinette. <laughs> so, what this is, is, how would you like a D&D 5th edition portal connecting worlds, but the, the trick here is, it's not like the ones you already know of that connect the Forgotten Realms and right. Dragonauts. It yeah. connects sci-fi worlds with fantasy worlds. Oh. They have appendix and weirdness. So it's like uh, yeah. sliders. Sliders or Stargate kind, kind of. of. It's like oh, it's like a, a world that exists on a disc. Hmm. On top like, of four turtles? <laughs> there's no four turtles, but what you do get is buildings oh, on oh, either side elephants. of the disc. So oh, people live on the top and the bottom of the disc. <laughs> so it's nothing at all like I said then? It's nothing at all like you said. Okay, and there's uh, in the chat on Twitch, Daryl's put in the link to that project if you want to check it out there as well. But I mean, really, if you're going to be wrong, you want to be spectacularly going down in flames also, wrong. So good for you as well. As someone mentioned last week that we don't feature enough things Plate that world. are not on Kickstarter. This is on GameFound. Yeah. Yes, on GameFound. GameFound. Yes. Take me to GameFound. But to be fair, I don't choose them by what platform they're on. I just choose them by whether or not they've got a cool name. It is a cool name. It is a cool name. It is a cool name. Yeah, so I'm running the spreadsheet there. Is that zero points? And, well, wait, wait for the algorithm to finish. It's a complex algorithm. 
We're in a way. I feel like it's... Russ is trying to run Excel on Apple. Uh, <laughs> I know. Like, it's, it's never been a good idea. Yeah, if you yeah. want to try to use a Linux emulator to do it... I need it to get one of those better. new quantum computers to do this. This would make I, make I've make seen the incredibly detailed scientific method that Russ uses, and it's mind-blowing. It really. uh, yeah, so, uh, Jess, you get uh, zero points, apparently. Yeah, I, that's no fair. points. Better yeah. than negative points. I mean, that is true. I realise now, I just described the game back again from the Broken Land, who I interviewed somebody about on Monday on Not D&D, so that's just what I've described. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly it's still in my mind. Um, in your head, yeah. But, you know, so if you if you thought my concept was interesting, it wasn't a concept I made up. I just realised it's a game that exists, and you can <laughs> check out that podcast uh, on the stream here that was on Monday. Right, who'd like to go next? I'll um, go next, I don't care. I'm oh. going to get my wizard staff of playing... Guess the Kickstarter by just the name. Oh, I assume that was your And one. I have my thinking cap on. Excellent. Okay. So, armed with your stuff, and your, you're, you're well equipped for this game now, Shane. I mean, you can't possibly. I'm still going to balder. I'm still going to balderdash it. <laughs> okay, then. So, what is. I don't know how to pronounce this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Said. Side or Seed Kona Saga. S-E-I-D K-O-N-A Saga Shadow of Kilmore. And Kilmore is spelled K-I-L-L-M-O-U-R-E. <laughs> Good luck, Paul, to that, mate. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an adventure path. Uh, it's an adventure path wow. where, whereupon the party embarks upon a uh, a mythic quest, a glorious quest to uh, find. It's kind of like Shangri La, but instead it's Kilmore. Is that the right Kilmore? Uh, yes, Kilmore. Yeah, and they have to. They they got an epic quest, and, and it's both a physical uh, and a spiritual and a mental journey where they learn about themselves. And and what happens is once they finally find Kilmore. Uh, which they have to kill more to finally do it. They, many, many, many uh, mobs and NPCs uh, suffer suffer death along the way. And when they get there, they order a side of Kona. Hmm. That's well, right. And I mean, and it's it's in it's written in the original BX rules, the basic expert okay. rules. Well, uh, it's an OSR. I you on your answer. It's, it's an OSR game. It's an answer. I will. I will give you. I give you credit for it being it was an pretty answer. Exhausting. Imagine it was exactly that. Wouldn't that be so wow. weird if it was? Oh no, no, wait! It's it's GURPS. I'm sorry. It's not BX. I'm going to change oh, that. It. They changed your mind at last minute. Yeah. Yep. So what this is? So the Seed Kona Seed Kona Saga is a trilogy of adventures for D and D Fifth Edition, and Shadow of Kilmore is number three in that. Trilogy. Do I get and a point for at least saying adventure path because it's multiple adventures? Fine. One point. Oh, big critic. Yes, I'm ahead. <laughs> no, I can't win. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. You look Celebrate with me, Buster. Celebrate. <laughs> um, so a trilogy of modules. This is the last adventure in that trilogy of modules. And this is for solo D&D physician campaigns or co-op Ooh. campaigns that can be run without a DM. So if you've just got like, a couple of people. Or game night has, you know, I love gone the idea for some reason. I'm big, big supporter of solo and duet 
mm. adventures because mm. not everybody has, even with online and all that, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of times it was just me and my buddy, you know, mm. not always, but sometimes. Mm. And I would play like three characters. So I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's what that is. And Shane, you've got yourself one point. And that means I do believe. Celebrate Buster. Meow. For your master. <laughs> Where's Hudson? Hudson's gone to sleep. He does do that sometimes, believe it or not. Good for him. I know. It's amazing. Yeah. Naps are one of life's great pleasures. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, he's just bored because he's not being paid attention to. Give him your Lord Soft to chew on. We've done that before. Sorry. Peter, are you ready? Hell yeah. Hit me. What you got? Okay, then. So this one, again, it's not on Kickstarter. This is on Itch. It's Itch funding. It's on itch.io. Interesting. And it's called We Deal in Lead. Ooh. We Deal in Lead. Well, obviously, this is a game all about scrap metal merchants who are probably, this is like 1940s Britain. And what they do is they raid various church roofs, strip all the lead things. No, no I don't think that, actually. Um, I think it's much more likely to be, uh, it feels like maybe sort of a Western style game um, where they're dealing in lead. So like maybe stories of um, uh, merchants of death, gun runners. And what they do is they go around. Is you go around? It's like quite a quite a uh, amoral RPG where people go around uh, and like they go around uh, arranging shooting of things, the selling of bullets and other weapons. They deal in lead. Hmm. What would you say would be like uh, inspiration for such such a thing? A well, other than westerns, are you looking for something more specific? Legally blonde, maybe. Yes. How could I have not seen the... Ob- yeah, exactly. So, essentially... It is fact, legally Blonde, the official RPG. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love that. I would I would back that. I love somebody in chat put Steptoe and Son, the RPG, <laughs> which, if I yeah. understand right, in, in the States, our equivalent would be Sanford and Son, where it was a guy and his son owned a junkyard, basically, right? Are we talking, like, sitcoms from the 1960s? Well, just talking about, you know, scrap merchants and stuff right. like that. So Okay. So anyway, Peter, what this is. So, you know Stephen King's Dark Tower series? Oh, yes, yes. So Road to the Dark Tower came. Yeah. Gunslingers battling the forces hmm. of chaos. So inspired hmm. by the Dark Tower and also Ken, Into the Odd, and Knave. None of which I'm familiar with, but you may be. Okay, they're like various indie RPGs. Into the Odd being, I think... Uh, or is that beyond the wall? I think of. Uh, I think I like the sound of this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the 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 dark tower setting with the gunslingers standing in for knights. I mean, like yeah. literally, like Roland's pistols were made from the sword of Excalibur. Right. Uh, it's it's got so much potential for great storytelling. So. Right. Well, that's that's what that's what this is. So Peter, oh. the algorithm says you got two points there, which I think what? makes you the winner this okay. week. You got two yeah, points? Congratulations. I was robbed, Buster. <laughs> I was robbed. You brought your staff and your hat and everything. <sighs> oh, this dungeon feels like it goes on forever. Burn up, friend Carrick. We must be at the Archdrake Mountain's Ella Sanctum soon. I should hope so, dear fighter. For if I have to disarm one more pit trap, I may just explode. Though a short rest might be useful, what say you, my wizardly colleague? I would appreciate the opportunity to replenish my spells, lest we enter the final dungeon level unprepared. 
Oh, very well. Uh, we shall make camp here in the dungeon and continue after we've all rested. Ooh, shall we, shall we set a guard? Yeah, we don't want to be interrupted by a wandering bear owl, do we? Fear not. I have one last spell remaining, and it is a sorceress alarm which will alert us should any nasty beasties venture near. Well, then it's settled. A final rest, and then we shall assault the deepest dungeon level. What do you mean, a final rest? Yeah, that's what you say about people who died. The final rest. That's what they call it. Well, I, I just meant that it would be our last chance to recuperate before the big battle. You really should be careful about your language, especially since you're a cleric. Loose language like that. Look, does it matter? I've got some important praying to do. And I'm sure the fighter here needs to polish some armor or something. Well, it's a, it's a matter of expectations, isn't it? Right, right. I mean, if one of us talked about our final rest, it wouldn't be such an issue. But when a cleric does that, makes you think, doesn't it? Like, do you know something we don't? That sort of thing. Oh, look, it was just a turn of phrase. Pay it no mind. I promise you that I have no secret knowledge of our impending doom. Doom? Well, I mean, our, our um, impending... Um, you do know something! Have you received information from the gods about our fate? What, like some kind of prophecy or augury or something? No, no. Wizard, perhaps you could cast some kind of soul-saying magics and reassure us. I sure would like to, but I'm all out of spells. If we could just hurry up. Where's the candle? If we just snuff it, I can refresh my... Oh, not you too. What do you mean? Snuff it? If that's not a metaphor for death, I don't know what is. Well, that sounds it. No way am I going to go to sleep now. Ah, me neither. Let's, uh, let's just push on. Yeah, with both the cloak and the wizard particular in my demise, I'm just not feeling as cookie, as confident as I once was. This is ridiculous. Look, neither of us has seen the future. Indeed. Besides, I reckon temporal chronomics just don't work that way. Fine, fine. I suppose we'll just have to take your word for it. I assure you. As do I. Very well. Hopefully for a few hours, we can rest in peace. What? No, you're doing it! Doing what? Rest in peace! That means dead! No, no, I just meant... Ha <laughs> you, ha you, ha! Now you know what it feels like. How do you know something? You all know something! No, I just meant a bit of sleep. An eternal sleep, you mean? Oh, this is becoming intolerable. Can we all please stop mentioning death? Seconded. Ixnay on the deathnay. Agreed. Fine. Now, if we could just get a night's rest. Uh, we should make sure the door is kept ajar, though. I have a bucket here. That's a ready open. And if my alarm spell goes off and we need to seal the room? Easy. We just have to kick the bucket. Hey, so Peter, I was, uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool. Good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris 
and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. Ha, I did a, uh, a scientific calculation once, just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah? How much? Uh, you probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We could do this without you. I reckon we could. Shh. Okay, so we've come to the part of the show where we'd normally do the topic of the week, but instead we are going to instead answer your hashtag awfully cheerful questions and then yes. you can win a copy of the awfully cheerful engine issue number one, which Russ so kindly modelled for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have been collecting like um, a cookie monster, if you will, various comments that have come into the chat. <laughs> And I'm going to pick some out for us to answer. So I have a few here. And as we're going, if you have one as well, pop it in the comments and I will have that. Um, And the first one that I like and I think is important is directed at Peter. And it's how would the Cookie Monster fighter promote Awfully Cheerful Engine in two minutes or less? Oh, no. You should promote the Awfully Cheerful Engine because it's full of cookies! Cookie! Well, that was two minutes or less, to be fair. It was, it was. That was excellent. Um, I want to see Peter shoving copies of Ace in his mouth like Cookie Monster does. Alas, love it in their mouth. Oh, their mouth, yes. I don't have any copies of Ace. Well, you should ask a question, and if we answer it... (laughs) Well, maybe I will. Okay, then, fine. (laughs) If you want to do that, then I can do that. Okay, right, fine. (laughs) Okay, so uh, thank you for that excellent first question. We will send you a copy of the Awfully Cheerful Engine. Uh, Rush, shall they email us with their address so we can can get that? Where should they email us? Email morrispodcast at gmail.com. Next question. Next question. Next question. I'm just choosing one. Which is, uh, what um, out-of-print role-playing game would you love to see either a reprint or a remake of? And if it is a remake, from which company? Mm-hmm. Out-of-print Wait. Wait, well, I, I have to leave the chair for a second. Oh. Oh, it's okay. going to be the... F- I am. No! RPG. No, get off. I, I can answer that while we're waiting on Do, Is okay. it just one yeah. person of peace or... Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I want to cover up with a larger question so no one can see him. Let me just remove him from the screen. There we go. Thank you. Just take him off the stream. Take him off, yeah. Dallas. No one can so, take it off until that goes away, Russ. No one can yeah. see you. For me, for me, it's go. either the um, – I, I, I don't know. There's several. Uh, I actually just bought this off eBay, the old middle age role play. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is a wonderful system. No, no slam on the 5e or other systems that do – Middle Earth, but I think this is a wonderful system. I'd like to see the D6 Star Wars make a comeback. I liked that a mm. lot. Um, from, like a reprint, like yeah, I bought that too. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a perfect reprint. Yeah, mm. and then there was an old game that was only it was published as a joke, but I thought it was hilarious. It was called Hole, mm. something human occupied landfill from a imprint of White Wolf. I think it was Black Dog. And it was one of the funniest things I've ever read, and I would love to see more supplements and stuff for that. So, mm. yeah, that's yeah, good. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think what I would like to see. Um, Ghostbusters, a Ghostbusters back in print, the original, yeah, the original yes. Ghostbusters. Yeah. But in the meantime, we have uh, Spirits of Manhattan that that is compatible with Woin mm-hmm. that gives you a that scratches that itch, and also there's an awfully cheerful engine version of that too. 
Yay. which was inspired by the Ghostbuster system and has a foreword as well by Sandy Peterson. Is it Sandy Pluggy, Peterson? Pluggy McPlugface, yeah, we are. That's why I'm here. Well, mine, um, I can't remember the name of it, which is helpful. So in the comments, please tell me. But it was a Marvel uh, role-playing game that used a card system to play. Uh, Saga, isn't it? I can't remember the name of it, but I played it a lot. My friend had a copy. And I thought it was just fantastic, and I loved I loved playing it. It felt really well-balanced, and it was really fun and really different uh, to use the cards instead of having dice being used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that would be mine. But in the comments, people are now going to... But if it was the saga, I one. think that was the saga version of. Yeah. I think that's what Margaret Weiss Productions did the Marvel game. I actually love. I actually really love the original Marvel superheroes, where they mm-hmm. used the phase rip system with incredible mm-hmm. and amazing, and I, I thought that was a fun system. I very much like the DC hero system. You know, yeah, the great. doubling scale. Yeah, the yeah exponential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that game has a lot of nostalgia for me, but mathematically it's impressive because they found out a way to put Batman Just a clever Superman. idea, isn't it? Yeah. So each they, point, so if you've got four, ooh, you've, you've got right. twice the strength of someone who's got strength three. If you've got strength five, and it doubles each time. Right. So you can literally, mm-hmm. on the same scale of like one to 20, have Superman mm. and, and Batman. Batman on the same one to 20. Very time. elegant math. Yeah, very elegant math. Yeah. Well, that same question can apply for Morris and Peter. I just took it off the screen because it was covering half of your lovely faces. It was. By Aaron Strebling, because uh, I'm not really sure what's in print and out of print, because either I've got a copy, because mm. I want to play it, I don't know. Um, maybe there was like a version of uh, Warhammer Fantasy, which was very card-based, and I was due to be in the game of that, mm. but I never actually got a chance to play it, <laughs> because okay. um, like nine people turned up, and declared that they were playing the game. Uh, it just seemed yeah, a lot less effort edition, to argue. It? Warhammer Fantasy World Play Third. Oh, maybe. The same, a very similar system to the, the FFG one. Yes, very, yes, very similar to Genesis. To yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was card stuff. I, I, I never had a chance to play it. I did not so. get on with that game at all. No, no, I remember. Weird dice that I couldn't understand. Too many cards. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, couldn't get on with it. It seems interesting. It, was, it felt like a board game with the number of pieces it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, as I say, that, that that would be something I would be interested in having a look at. Possibly not from Fantasy Flight, possibly from, I don't know, a different game publisher, because a lot less cardboard tokens would be very much appreciated. Yeah, well, Cubicle 7 are doing Warhammer Fantasy now. So no, it's not. Nice. Oh, Peter, I played uh, Vermintide 2 last night for the first time in a long time. Right, are still, nice. Are you, still, are you still playing that? They haven't released any new content for ages, so I've been more on the Deep Rock Galactic. But I very much enjoy a bit of Vermintide. Thanks for introducing me to that game. Okay, tangent over, Jess. Mm. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. We're not doing the news, so this is a <laughs> chat time. So I have another awfully cheerful question. Another question. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so, so, is there a book slash film genre you would like to get an RPG setting for but doesn't already exist? And I'm going to say, yes, Angel Legally Blonde. Because we said that Angel earlier. Mouse. I've never considered it. Yeah. Well, what did you say, Jess? What was your answer? Sorry. Legally Blonde. Because oh, he said it earlier blind. as a joke, and I'm like, that Actually, could be great. No. You know, if you would uh, and then, of course, Russ wants Danger Mouse. Mm. Uh, yes. So, you know, if you would asked 10 years ago, I'm sure I would have had an answer. But so many uh, so many settings, are, I mean, uh, so much stuff has been licensed. Mm. So it's either a direct license of the material or it's something that 
is so similar. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that well, wouldn't be like snarky. Just kind of do. <laughs> ah, yeah, danger that danger mouse. Um, that is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of something that you isn't already out there or can be easily easily done in an existing. Because there's been a, you know, like in the fossil record, there's the Precambrian explosion. That's mm -hmm. what's happened over the past ten years or so with RPGs. There's just been so much amazing stuff out there and mm. uh, neat, niche stuff getting deep love. I, I really can't think of anything. Mm. I mean, I just had somebody oh, on that, in the chat. Oh, that there is actually a legally blonde RPG. What? <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is. What, I mean, you could do uh, like if you go to Itchio. Yeah, you're a, gonna a find RPG on itch. Yeah, you're gonna yeah, find somebody's please, done it. <laughs> yeah, it's in the it's in the, it's in the chat. Uh, there. Yeah, it's in the chat. Uh, I mean, you got my little you got Hasbro putting out My Little Pony, which by all accounts is a, a great game. I mean, you got Blade Runner. You've, uh, I'm sure somebody's done Terminator. Y'all had a news item last week where there was like a game coming out that had seven, six or seven settings already with it based on IPs. I mean, it's just it's a great time to play role playing games, mm. you know. Mm. Sorry, there's a great pun in the chat because uh, Daryl put the link in and said, oh, it's not licensed, but it's obviously based illegally on it. And someone blonde, said, illegally yeah. bland. <laughs> illegally bland. Legally bland. It's legally bland. Most boring um, game ever. But yeah, mm. that is the thing. I it think you're right, Shane. There's, there's, I think there's everything out there right now because there's so many creative people making stuff. I mean, stuff. there's a Wendy's fast food RPG out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, you know. Yeah. Um, so... The trick is to the answering this question is I have to think of like some random science fiction and fantasy book that I have read that I quite enjoyed, but doesn't actually have a role playing game made of. So, right. Uh, there is a uh, release in 1969 with a follow up in 1970, a game of the Lensman series by E.E. E. Doc Smith. Dude, that so, is so weird. I was thinking of the Lensman when you did your intro. I was like, I, I was like, I would maybe do the Lensman. That is weird, dude. Mm. Because that's what I thought of when you were setting up your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But has this already exists? Technically speaking, I'm pretty. And if this has come up earlier, then that would have given me a really good way to say which company would I like to see do the Lensman series? Which would obviously have been the Lensman series should be reprinted by oh I don't know, uh, company that's good at doing licenses, Ian Publishing. Say was that E. E. Doc Smith who did the Lensman? E. E. Doc Smith. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I keep hearing that they were a big influence on the Green Lantern. Would you say that's true? I'm not a massive fan of Green Lantern, so I wouldn't know. Massive. The Green Lanterns have rings that let them make constructs. They can make anything they want with the rings. I, I mean, I'm gonna say that does sound quite a lot like the lenses for the Lensman, but okay. it's it's an old series. Uh, one that's aged considerably better is Caldwain Smith's The Instrumentality of Man, Mankind, which is an absolutely fantastic series. Uh, if you get a chance to read the short story, A Game of Cat and Dragon, I would 100% recommend having a read of that because travel through space is extremely dangerous because there are dragons in the deep mm. void. And it is cats that help humans travel through by their swift reactions oh, Peter, and does a, does a using teleporting pin bombs of light. Sorry, there's a dragon behind you right now. Uh, this, one, this one's this one's more of a wide one, to be fair. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, here's a perfect example. Somebody threw out in the chat. They're like Care Bears. Somebody went and found a Care Bears RPG. That's I was about to say. What's happening and, right now is everyone's trying to throw out niche things as someone yeah. else is going and finding yeah. it in the chat right now. Which, yeah. but I guarantee you, if you would have asked the same question 
maybe 10, but definitely 20 years ago, it would have been much different. Um, yeah. So it's been wonderful to see that. <laughs> I mean, the, it's been ridiculous the amount of settings and RPGs that are getting deep love, even though they would be considered niche or niche. It's it's really fantastic. Yeah, I think the last 10 years has been really good for the gaming, you know, like, well, a little bit over that, actually, because uh, I first went to my first role-playing club about 12 years ago, and when I went, I was, like, the only woman there, except for two other people who were either married to or were the child of the person that owned the club. So, but now I go, I went back to that club and it's, you know, about, you know, fit, not quite 50-50, but very close to that. Like, and so you're getting a variety of different people playing games when I think that means you get a variety of different people making games as well. So it trickles down. Is that so, Bournemouth Berserkers? It is Bournemouth Berserkers. Yeah, That's okay. what started yeah. this whole endeavor of my, mm. of my career. I've got one, which it had a, uh, a fan club version but i don't think it's ever had an official version i would like to see a blake 7 rpg mm. i think blake 7 is a wonderful setting and, and universe to play in but there's already something out there i just don't think there's ever been anything official mm. but there's mm. a pretty wonderful fan group put one out was there ever i feel like there was one well but wasn't it done by fans Oh, no i don't know maybe not i thought it was a fan club but it was done really well i've never maybe. seen it i don't know yeah. There okay. we go. Yeah, good question. Okay, who's next? Next question. No, next question. Right. There's yeah. there's lots to pick from. Oh, here's a good one. It's a very long one, so it's going to cover all of your face. But um, <laughs> I'm wondering, <laughs> since the second episode they listened to, how did you come up with the name for the your favorite game in all the world, the game where I tell you the name of a Kickstarter and you guess what it is just by the name? And also, why is the name so long? Russ. Hmm. This feels Why like something you named. So long? Well, it's because I wanted it to call us the Wizards of Pod. Well, that was but, what you uh, wanted to call the podcast, not the game. We did agree at some point, although I don't think we ever actually told them, but the listeners of our podcast are the yeah. Wizards of Pod. Did we not? That's true. Not that they not that they know this, because I don't think we ever actually said it. On- <laughs> I thought we said it on the podcast. We're just saying it now. Maybe we uh, did. Well, anyway. congratulations. You're all wizards. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, did you come name, up with that name? Well, I mean, everyone knows that a longer, the longer a name is, the better it is. It's just an indisputable law of of the universe. It's, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even understand the question. I mean, it's obviously the longer the name is, the better it is. <sighs> just how it works. Well, it also is. It was like the original idea of Magic: The Gathering. The rules are on the cards. The rules are in the name. Exactly. You it tell people you. the name of the game, they know how to play it already. Title and rules recap all in one elegant package. I there think the go. idea of the game, as opposed to the name of the game, was Peter's idea, I think. I'm not 100% yeah, maybe. sure. I, it, uh, it's four been four years. years. Yeah. Like, that's a long time. Because you <laughs> had this thing about Kickstarters that if you didn't know what they were from just their name, you weren't interested in them. Yes. Yeah, or, or, or you just used like to talk about that, and it, it, yeah. I think that's what turned into the game. I think I can't. Yeah, yeah. And, and now like there's a lot of Kickstarters which have good names. Well, and or, if I remember I mean, right, yeah. that it was you did it as a goof, mm. but then it kind of caught on, right? You were just playing that. around, yeah. And, yeah. yeah and well, it basically, caught on. we needed a way to. I traced the rod from my own back, <laughs> <laughs> but we needed a way to do the Kickstarter news each week. And just reading yeah. out a list of Kickstarters right. and describing them was... I mean, we did that a few times, and we've done it a few times, and it's incredibly <laughs> tedious to listen to. Not, not, not the whole podcast, it certainly isn't. But that was even more so. 
And, you know, it just wasn't fun content. And that was just a way of bringing in that exact same content, but at least in a maybe more entertaining way. I don't know. Maybe people hate it. I don't know. But um, They've been pretty quiet about it if they hate it. <laughs> Generally, if people hate our stuff, they're like, oh, you've done so. On the thing saying, there's too much news in this RPG news so podcast. I did do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I but I mean, you've actually done so. They call us cultural Marxists. <laughs> I had to look up. I was like, they what, called they you they called us cultural Marxists. So I had to look cultural it up. Cultural like, oh. Marxists. Yes, yes. Uh, apparently what what about the guy who... Uh, like, oh, that's weird. We're not Jewish. What there was, there was somebody that that backed Russ's most recent Kickstarter just so that he could insult him. Yeah. So can we yeah. keep it? That's your 5e game. Uh, yeah. They yeah. backed it. Come on. I just backed just it. To, come just on and to say. tell us that we were... I think it was bereft of imagination. Did they end up... possibly need rules for pets in your D&D game? So did they drop after that, or did they stay as... They, okay. No, they did yeah. drop, we, yeah. we did not get their seven pounds, <laughs> sadly. Uh, yes, which I was very upset about. But that was... Mm-hmm. I felt that was an odd choice, because like, I see yeah. lots of Kickstarter campaigns or crowdfunding campaigns I don't like, and I just... just back, back them. Yeah. I'm like... I don't feel like I have to announce to a person I don't like it, because I... You know, yeah. I don't know. It was odd. It just seems kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, Russ's quick starters are not only good RPG products, they provide counseling services, instant mm. counseling services for the and angry. I don't say that because I have to manage yeah. the comments. Okay, no, they don't. So, no, like, no, I'm going to get something and I'm like, ah. To be so fair, the inbox, the be inbox is usually for It's rent, what was it? Was it rent a row? Where uh, Was it Monty Python or something where you rented an argument? You paid somebody to have an argument with? Oh, rent around. Wow. Right. Rent around. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the sorry. Argument, the argument clinic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's working customer service, isn't it? Sometimes they don't want you to resolve their issue. They want you to argue with you about it. Yeah, first. they just want to get off their chest. They just want to be yeah. angry. Yeah. That, I actually did that. I used to do customer service training for sales team. And I said, sometimes you have to let them have a go. You don't resolve it for them straight away, even though you know the solution straight away. Mm. Let them have a bit of time to feel like they've earned it because that's what they want. <laughs> even if straight away you could have gone, I'm very sorry, here's a refund and a replacement. They'll kind of be like, I'm still mad and I have nowhere to put my anger now. Right. Um, well, that's actually... <laughs> I mean, something to be mad at. Yeah. I mean, that that's literally a phenomenon. I mean, my main degree yeah. is in psychology and they people know. want people want their anger acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times if you just say, you're angry, That'll move things forward because they went, yes, notice me. I am angry. Mm. I want to be validated that I am angry. So anyway. Mm. And yes, I believe there was someone who backed Advanced Swift Edition because they enjoyed Jess's epic put down. It it wasn't um, Advanced Swift Edition because I wasn't in the company then, but it was for mythological figures um, and monsters. And Mm. there were some people trolling in the comments of things and I was equally sassy back because i'm allowed to be because they had said something about they're complaining about these ball busting prices about something and they'd made a misunderstanding about the difference between pdf and hardcore prices but anyway so i replied to them very politely at the end i said i'm i'm terribly sorry if our prices caused you a stress and caused various parts of your anatomy to explode also um, shipping prices aren't our prices yeah, we don't. They get were, if, them. I, if I if I had some kind of control over worldwide shipping prices, no offense to you guys, but I wouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah, you wouldn't be. Oh, in my super yeah. yacht. But um, yeah, so I, I I do like this job because I get to be really sassy. I get I what I do is I tend to give back the energy people give me. 
So, uh, and I think that's very reasonable. Working in publishing, I get to well, do that. Well, that so, must be why just, I always find you so lovely. Jess, I exactly. have some energy for you then. Are mm -hmm. you ready? Here's some energy for you. Okay. What do you call a one-legged hobgoblin? I, I don't want to do this. Peter, what do you what do you call a one-legged hobgoblin? I, I'd like to exercise my uh, right to silence at this point. <laughs> okay, well, uh, just to help things along, a hobgoblin. They are uh, a hobgoblin. So. Next question. Next question. <laughs> next, next question. Uh, this is an important question. I'm worried we're not going to have as good an answer as I would like, but it's a pause for thought for us. So they said, as a publishing company, what steps do you take to help make your products wide, more widely accessible to gamers with disabilities? And uh, if you outsource any of this work, who do you use? So I think that's a really good question. And I want to say that as a small publishing team, like literally on the payroll is myself and Russ. So you can see the whole of the payroll here. Obviously, Django <laughs> and Hudson as well. Uh, you know, I think... But they don't get paid in money. They get paid in something else. Well, yeah, dog food. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, Russ, what I, I imagine I think there's more that we can do as a company Definitely, and as yeah. a company grows. I don't yeah. I don't think we really do anywhere near enough on that front. I mean No. Not even close to. We have layout artists that do the layout to try and make it um as easy to read as possible in terms of so maybe if you're and they'll consider things like if people are kind of colorblind making sure the color contrasts are are good for that. Um, and obviously with the PDFs, you can control F to find things. And obviously you can have programs that will read that to you or something. But I think as a publisher, I'd like to say as a small publisher, I'd be really open to hearing ideas from people who have disabilities that are role players that would say, hey, if you did this, that would make my life a lot easier. So what we do do because in the Level Up team, there mm -hmm. were two or three perhaps uh, designers with disabilities and they worked mm -hmm. on sections of the book. For example, you'll see that everybody in uh, the Level Up rules can sign as well as you can uh, uh, read language. Mm -hmm. uh, there's stuff in the equipment section and things like that for, you know, just representation for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. And we actually had people, you know, we actually had people on the team who worked on those, who actually had those disabilities. And I think, I think that's something I'm, you know, quite proud of, you know, that getting through into the Level Up books. Mm. Yeah. Um, for myself, homebrewing hacking, uh, all the text is screen reader compatible. Try and keep things as clear as possible when I'm writing to make it accessible. And yeah, just employing good contrast. One of the things that I have done is I was like, yeah, I'm going to say there was at least 20 to 50% inspiration for doing merfolk or like, you know, Snakey Boys has a possible like heritage base because of the combat wheelchair which mm. was done by the dislocating GM. And I was like, well, I suppose if we have that, then that would solve a lot of problems with, like, you know, all practicality of, like, trying to move around. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'll try to cross-promote that as well. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, definitely, if I see good practice, then I will try and adopt it to where I can. Mm -hmm. Shane, go. do you have anything to, to add on that front? Uh, no, I think that that's, mm -hmm. you know, I have not been on that side of... Mm -hmm making a game um i think it's good to ask and to think yeah. about i've actually been working on putting a show together for shane plays geek talk about people with vision how do how do people with vision challenges play games yeah. uh i know somebody personally who has that challenge and i know there's also the there's a going in blind podcast about people who play games blind so i i think it's a very interesting topic and it needs more 
exposure and discussion. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, thank you for that question. I think that was a really good question. So I think I have one more awfully clever question starred. Um, so if you want to, if I haven't answered yours and I missed it, please retype it again. I'm very sorry, and I'll see if we can ask it. So with all the different games out there, how do you decide what to play next? And also, what a majestic profile picture! <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic question. That's um, a, very cool. Me, it's what what does somebody want to run? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, the flip I'll side. Anything. I'll play anything. You know. It's, yeah, me too. I'm very system promiscuous. In fact, I love learning new systems, although my ongoing game with my group is we play D&D 5e. But uh, that's the flip side. We have an embarrassment of riches of role-playing games. Uh, and that flip side is how do you choose what to play next, which is why that's why I think one-off games online or conventions are so important. Yeah, because that's your best chance sometimes to sample something to see if you mm. like it. As far as how to choose, man, I don't know. I mean, that's that's just an individual taste, well, right? Like says, which must have a thousand yeah. playing games, which mm. I've played like one percent of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got, and I never will play them because there literally isn't. And I've said before on the podcast, the number of games that comes up, there's more than a game each day coming out. So even if you played a brand new RPG every single day of the year, every single day of your life. The number of games you haven't played would still continue to get larger. Yeah. I, I think Russ hit on something right at the beginning when the question was asked. If, you know, there's this joke meme out there where it's like somebody on a desert island and they spell out, we'll play in a D&D game and nothing. And then they change it. They take the stones and they spell out, we'll DM a game. And people just rush in from everywhere to rescue the person. And I mean, if you want to, if you want to, if you're like, I really want to play this game. Your best chance of getting a group together is to offer to run it. And I know that not everybody likes to DM or GM or, or like I said, you know, they uh, go to a convention and e- either a virtual convention or in person. That's your best chance of playing a different variety of games. If your local game shop doesn't have really robust uh, game scene. Yeah, I think the weakness with that approach is that that tends to lend itself only towards the sort of rules like quick games. Yeah, and it's quite hard in a sort of convention slot to really get into a, a heavier rules crunchy game designed for long campaigns. Yeah, so something like this, something like Awfully Cheerful Engine, perfect for a convention, mm-hmm. absolutely perfect, and you know one of the inspirations for it. But something like, like what's a really crunchy game? It's like Pathfinder, I guess, is a little harder to. Really get yeah, into it. Yeah, some spines, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, just can be done. it can be done, and they yeah. do do it. So maybe I'm just talking nonsense. But, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, it depends. For myself, I got offered a chance to play Blades in the Dark. So yeah, I went for that, and that's been actually really good fun. I like. I think story games are really important and valuable to the RPG community. I've never really got on with them. I like I played Sorcerer, a lot of different Powered by the Apocalypse clones. I even run some stuff, and that yeah, it's it is just like it's not coming. But Days Dark was really really good, so I like that, and I've been very pleased with that. And I'm very interested. Uh, uh, a plug for somebody. I I, mean, I I have no idea who this guy is, but uh, oh, okay, you can't see it, but. Uh, there's the dice pool and moral predicament based generic role playing system by uh, K N Obar, which is based on sort of a 
rewrite with permission of Dogs in the Vineyard. And I think that is very interesting. So if I guess, yeah, Dogs in the Vineyard, I'd love to play, but Vince Baker, the author, took it out of permission. That was, yeah, I mean, it's outside my experience, so I'd love to play it. But yeah, I mean, if anyone's reading a game with Advanced Fifth Edition, let me know, and uh, yeah, I might be able to sort you out a couple of uh, free PDFs of uh, some rough, nice uh, products if it would help you homebrew. Yeah, and that, you know, I want to touch again, like the the question: How do you decide what to play next? I mean, it's it's hard because are you talking about just you, or are you talking about your group? I mean, you know, getting getting a group to change and play a different game can be quite challenging. So I mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Pick something you think is cool and champion yeah. it, and go I mean, after we've been, it. We've been really uh, lucky with our Thursday night group, and that everybody wants to. Run. Yeah, no, that's cool. You're never going to yeah. get someone saying no. I, I won't play that. Just, it just has never happened in 20 years. So, uh, One last thing I'd like to say on the subject is I, I'm assuming they do this in England and in other places, but here in America, they do free RPG day, which is like free comic book day, but it's free RPG day. And you can get quick start versions for mm. free of games that might otherwise be more complex. So uh, that might be a good option too. It's like, Oh, I, I really want to try out the dark eye. Well, Find the free RPG day version of that. That's a quick start and see if you like it. There's a there's sort of a quick start for uh, Level Up, which it's an adventure that introduces you to the rules of Level Up. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, Yeah. So um, we're kind of coming up to the end of the show now. I don't have any more awfully cheerful questions. An awfully cheerful question on Twitter. Let me find it. All right, do you want to take that? And I'll jump yeah. off momentarily. So uh, this, this awfully cheerful question, this was on Twitter. This is, and by the way, you can do this every week. Um, if you um, hashtag awfully cheerful question on Twitter or email us at morrispodcast at gmail.com. Each week we answer a question. And if we answer your question, we send you this. This one is uh, from Joe and Chris at Bon Homie Games. Um, oh hello here in the uk and their awfully cheerful question is do you have any tips on how to encourage friends to gm for the first time as a forever gm myself i also wonder if you've had success in supporting people who have been perennial players to try sitting the other side of the screen for a change so my tip on that is like in my group one of the things i do is in between campaign, like we're doing this right now, like a a campaign ended, I need a break before the next campaign. So I'm having a player run to to give somebody else a chance to step in and run. And then also sometimes I'll be like, hey, I'm going to be on vacation for a week or I can't make it for a couple of weeks. And I'll encourage one of my players to run a one shot. So then they have a chance to step in and play or, or to run. Now, as far as taking somebody and just getting them to GM in general, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I just, I, I don't know how I mean, to do that. If they don't want to, so, they don't want to. I mean, yeah. There's no point trying to persuade someone to do something they don't yeah. want to do because but, nobody's going to have a good time. They're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to enjoy it. Right. So you have to assume that they want to in the first place and they're asking for help. Right. How to do that, I guess, is the only way you can approach that question. But I guess... Yeah, so what, that, real, what would you say? I would say just jump in and do it. I mean, I, a lot of the questions I see on social media, there seems to be a an almost a fear or a nervousness about running a game. Mm-hmm. What tips do you have? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure if we had a good time. Just have fun. You know, it's nobody's expecting. And I think a lot of it is like, again, well, not again, but I've said before outside of this 
particular episode, a lot of people are watching like Critical Role or they're watching uh, other Let's Play podcasts or videos and they're seeing a very high level of, you know, like the people on Critical Role are voice actors who are just happening to play D&D for a lot of people to watch. You don't have to deliver that level of experience. Just have fun you know, and, and see what happens and don't yeah, put well, so much pressure on yourself. Voices. I can't do the actions yeah. and I don't even try to. Yeah, I can't do Cookie Monster. could be a superstar, Shane. Not could be a superstar. Yeah. And, yeah, go ahead, Peter. Oh, yeah, um, I've had a fair amount of success uh, helping encourage people to do stuff like that. Uh, that's actually one of the main purposes of the Southampton Guild of Role Plats when I set it up, which was to help GMs have some time off and help people experiment and try in sort of a more neutral space. So I think things that can be very helpful are having a set length for how long it's going to go on for. Because if you're like taking on a three, four, five year commitment every week where you have to deliver, that that is quite yeah, intimidating. Don't start with that. Right, no, that would be no, my no. advice. Don't start. Start with something yeah. you can do maybe in one session, two sessions. See if you yeah. Like run a one shot yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. Uh, once you've run a one shot um and one of the other things i like to do is my style of running does lend itself quite well to helping people get familiar with the game because i like to run with the rules as written i'm happy to explain my thinking and i'm also happy for if a player says oh actually this is what the rules say it's like okay so that that's what happens then because that's what the rules say and it's like when players can see that you're working to the same rules, it gives them more confidence to actually engage with, learn the rules, and say, actually, yeah, you know what, this isn't so complicated, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and then they've had a go, and I've really enjoyed being in games that my players have run. It's been, it's been nice. Yeah, think of it as the difference between going on a date versus getting engaged versus getting married. You don't have to run right yeah. in and get, you know, just uh, go on a date with a system and see if you like it, have a little fun, and don't don't overburden yourself. You don't have to prepare eight hours to run a two-hour game no. session. Just I jump think, in and have fun. I think what I would say is, and I guess, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I don't think probably it's as scary as maybe some people might imagine it to be once you start doing it, especially if you're doing it with friends. Mm. Playing with friends. Mm. I would say start with friends if at all yeah, possible. Yeah, I mean, start, I, yeah. I imagine running for strangers or a convention or something like that. That's a lot, yeah. That would be a hard oh, thing to jump into. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it just depends. Like, sometimes the anonymity can be freeing. Yeah, well, that's, um, true, that's true, yeah. True, yeah. 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 I, and, like, I found a lot of things really improved my GME, like running in convention slots, because you're running to a schedule. And you're trying to get a story done in time, and that makes you a very good editor. I, I, very do, yeah, I do find when I'm running at a one-hour sh- shot, I don't, oh, I don't like wow. running longer than that at a convention. Oh, okay. Something. But I like a, I like a one-hour shot of a shortish game. Like, hmm. um, I was demoing Judge Dredd um, a few years ago at UK Games Expo. Mm-hmm. Oh, with the apes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you yeah. when you've got something and you know you've got an hour, and you know that you can keep the energy up for an entire hour and do a really good display of that game for one hour but for four mm-hmm. hours i find that harder to keep the energy up mm-hmm. you know to entertain a group of people that i don't know that's mm-hmm. i find that a lot harder so yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say shorter shorter one shots yeah definitely mm-hmm. the way I, go. I think that's a perfect way to to jump in and see if you yeah. like it mm. there we go. okay 
we're kind of coming up to the end of the show now. I, I said before before we started, Shane, where nobody nobody was listening at the time because we hadn't started recording yet. But every time I don't see you all that often, and every time I see you, your facial hair arrangement is completely different every single time. Yes, I am mercurial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're getting to near the end of the show. Do we have anything else we want to discuss or say? I have a whole list of bad jokes here if y'all want them. We, no. We skip that. <laughs> 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 to summarize. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll be back to normal next week. Um, this will be going out edited as normal on the podcast. Poor, poor, poor Daryl. As it is now, I presume, on Twitch and YouTube. It'll be saved on what? YouTube, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this will be archived on our Facebook page on YouTube, and we'll also upload um, a version of it on our website, enliverpg.com, as well. Mm. Yeah. No, no two-hour bonus content for Shane's gags. That's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> two-hour bonus. <laughs> if you want terrible jokes, you should go and listen to Shane play. <laughs> I do every episode yeah. I finish with a bad joke. Yeah, Shane plays Geek Talk. Mm. There we go. So yeah. follow that. Yeah. Well, with that, I think that's the show. Then I think we're done. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you all so much for coming along. I am delighted to see so many people. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, and thanks so much for the invitation, Morris and and Peter and Jess. I pre- It's been it's been a while since I've been on. It's very nice to come back. So I'll also say to everyone: don't forget Daryl. Just because he's not on the screen, he is behind the screen. Daryl does a lot of work editing every single week. He's in, in the shadows. Pulling the string. Yeah, he does the omens work. Somebody's asking if I'll be back for the 400th episode. That's up to, <laughs> that's up to the crew. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Shane will. We've already booked him. With bad jokes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll have the 300th episode first. I don't know why the 400th was the straight jump. So We've know. got the we've got the four-year episode. Somebody said praise Daryl. All yeah, praise Daryl. in a few weeks, I think. Yeah. Yes. Do, do praise Daryl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And with that, I think we should get out of here. Thank you very much. That's all from us. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. I am Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. I can't even talk. Normally, we'd have an editor to fix that. Not today. I'm Morris, a.k.a. Russ.